UGC. Outdated or essential? Cut through the noise and reveal the truth with our free ebook created in collaboration with VideoWise. Learn proven strategies to encourage customer reviews, leverage email marketing for sales, and boost conversion rate by 9.2%. Download the ebook for free at flowing.com/slash UGC. So today we will be talking about four best practices for your email unsubscribe pages. Welcome to Email Einstein, a podcast by Floium. It's time to start honing your inner marketing Einstein. Tune in for the data-driven tips that'll make you a marketing genius. Here you'll find email marketing formulas and tips straight from the brilliant mad scientists at Floium. It's time for your emails to start earning more money. It's time to unleash your Einstein. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of Email Einstein. Elisa and Vera here. We are two email marketers at an email marketing agency called Flowium. We are super passionate about email marketing, and because we love what we do, we want to share our insights with you. Flowium is one of the fastest growing email marketing agencies in the world. We specialize in providing a premium, full service e commerce email marketing experience for every single one of our clients. Our service is tailored specifically for your business and is designed to help increase your online retail revenue by 20 to 50, that's five zero percent. We deliver the right message to the right person at the right moment. And that's what we're all about here at Flowium. And today's episode is kind of going back to the basics. It's like an oldie, but a goodie. So I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. And it's actually a highly requested topic as well. Um, so today we will be talking about the preference pages, about the email preference pages and what they do, why you need to have them, why bother with them at all. And I think that like it happened to all of us when you see the newsletter subscriber hits your unsubscribe link and you say and you think like, oh, no, you, you've lost them forever. Mm. Well, not so fast. Uh, while a user finding themselves on your unsubscribe page may definitely be scary. It can even feel like a lost cause. In reality, there is a chance you you can still win them back with uh, a good uh, email preference page with some witty humor, with great branding, with beautiful design, and actually by giving them some options to customize their email preferences. So today we will be talking about four best practices for your email unsubscribe pages. And uh, hopefully by the end of this episode, we will inspire you to create one, we will inspire you maybe to optimize one, and hopefully you'll have the page that goes beyond that very dry and cold breakup confirmation. So <laughs> yeah, but um, before we go there, let's do the pro tip of the week. So our pro tip of the week, even though we're talking about the email preference page, Vera and I were actually chatting before we started recording the episode and we were like, this is a really good one because uh, it's one that clients highly request. People don't really understand a whole lot about it, but we love a good preference page and we have a pretty solid way of going about coding and embedding it in Klaviyo. And we have a really good strategy around the preference page internally here at Flowium. But um, with that being said, one of the things that I would suggest that we would suggest is to bite the bullet and offer preferences when your new subscribers opt in. 
Okay, so what does that look like? Typically, in order for a subscriber to opt in, we've talked about this in the past, you'll have a a few different opt-in methods, but the most popular tends to be the homepage pop-up. What I've seen a few brands do, and you have to know how to do it well, is offer preferences in that opt-in form. So when you put in your first name, you put in your email address, and then you can provide, it should be very, very short, straightforward to the point, but you can provide a sort of offer for them to say, hey, let us know what it is that you wanna hear from us. Do you wanna know about promotions? Do you wanna know about events? Do you wanna know about uh, new product launches? That kind of thing. And even though this doesn't necessarily replace the preference page altogether, because the preference page you can get a lot more in depth with, this kind of just helps you get a step ahead of the game and understand who your subscribers are. So I can't remember the name of the brand, but there is a maternity brand that when you opt in on their website, the page comes up and um, they ask for your first name, your email address. They ask if you are an expecting mother, if you're in the process of trying to get pregnant, if you're in the postpartum phase, or if you have been a mother, you just have older children. And this is really minimal information. You're not necessarily selecting all your preferences. However, you as the email marketer, you're already preemptively getting some insight into who your new people or your new subscribers are. So definitely something that I would recommend looking into. It's just a great option that's available to you and you can make it kind of fun and and, and engaging and it just adds to your opt-in method. So again, bite the bullet, offer some preferences when your subscribers opt in. It'll give you great insight and it'll also get you kind of a step ahead of the game to make sure that you're sending the relevant content to your new subscribers. So there it is. That's actually a good one. I used it for many of my clients as well, especially for the apparel brands, for yep. brands who are selling like the clothing for sports and stuff. So you can do something as little as, hey, uh, pick your gender. And we usually had like three genders, male, female, and like other or whatever. And then we were crafting the welcome series around that preference, you know, yep. and we were crafting all of the campaigns around that preference, even though you technically can get gender from platforms like Clavio or, or or other platforms, but they are not as accurate as when the person like picks the gender themselves, right? So exactly. that's that's an excellent that's an excellent pro tip. It's a good good start of this episode, Alisa. <laughs> so good job. Having the right communication between your brand and your audience is how you create meaningful connections, building your brand's identity and reputation. Introducing Floium's Brand Voice course. Create your voice, tone, and learn how to represent your brand across multiple channels. Find out more at floium.com slash brand voice. Awesome. So let's talk some preference pages here and let's talk the unsubscribing or unsubscription issue. I don't know how, how to say it. Unsubscribing? Unsubscription? I would say unsubscribing. Unsubs- unsubscribing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if unsubscription is a word, actually. I think it might yeah, just I be like, I like making or... up some words. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> if there is subscription, there must be an unsubscription, no? Like, it's just like, it's my lo- logic. But whatever, you guys know what I, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> the unsubscribing, unsubscription, or whatever is a serious serious issue, mm-hmm. and it can influence the way email service providers view as a sender, like email service providers like Gmail, Yahoo, Outlook, and stuff like that. It can very much affect the way they see you as a sender. And a certain number of unsubscribes, usually anything over zero point zero five percent from emails 
delivered is considered dangerous and it may harm your deliverability and your sender's reputation really, really badly. So what actually causes subscribers to hit the unsubscribe button in the first place. We sort of talked about it in the past and you probably know the reasons, but here are some impressive numbers. Sending too frequently is the biggest uh, reason why people actually unsubscribe from yep. your list. I believe that. <laughs> yeah, I, like I'm one of those people, honestly. I'm very much in that category. So here's some statistics. 69% of US email users unsubscribe from a business or non-for-profit email because their organization sends way too many emails. Another one is the content relevance. So when content is not relevant, people also unsubscribe from your email list. Yep. So 41% of all of the US internet users, they said that this is the big consideration for them, that this might be the other reason why they would unsubscribe from the list. Leaving you for a competitor, well, that's a sad one, <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, it's only 8% of people, so don't worry too, too much. I mean, like, definitely you should do something about it, but it's only 8%. And the, another one is just like a change of circumstances. So sometimes customers unsubscribe because you are not relevant to them because of where they are in life. Just like with that example, Elisa, that you provided with the maternity or and pregnancy stuff. Yeah. If you're not pregnant anymore, and I don't know, you have like a 14-year-old child, maybe that brand is not necessarily relevant to you anymore. So this causes like 13% of people to unsubscribe. So another statistics that I've heard is that naturally approximately 20 to 30% of your list annually, this will be people who will unsubscribe or become unengaged on your list. So that's why we talk a lot about like cleaning your list and having those um, like preventative measures and stuff like that. But anyways, in a way, unsubscribing is inevitable. So that's almost like a natural process, mm -hmm. even if you're constantly promoting, uh, like pushing great content, if you're sending just the right amount of emails, um, unsubscribing is a natural process, yet you can definitely decrease those numbers. And the trick to soften the blow is to provide your subscribers an option to adjust email preferences themselves. So they can adjust how often they want to hear from you, what sort of content they want to receive from you and stuff like that and every single of those like reasons why people are unsubscribing from your list can actually be addressed through an email preference page mm -hmm. you can also know it as an email preference center as an unsubscribe page people sometimes call it so briefly what is an unsubscribe page so basically an unsubscribe page is a web page usually it's hosted on your website and it appears when user clicks that unsubscribe link in the email footer some people just use the standard unsubscribe page like no, no question asked but you can actually customize it and give your customers options to update their preference and that's actually what we will be talking today like how to make sure that your customer is getting what they want and to quote the classics tell me what you want what you really really want <laughs> <laughs> That's my <laughs> Spice Girls days, you know? So yeah, your your goal as the marketers is to ask your customers like what you want, what do you really, really want? And your goal as a marketer, as a business owner is to give them what they want. So Elisa, tell us more about that. How to give your customers what they really, really, really want. <laughs> 
That's so funny. We need the Spice Girls on here. So we're obviously going over four of the best practices. So to start, the very first is to give your people options. And there are so many different ways that we do that. So I'm going to actually go through sort of like the strategy of or the formatting of what our preference page looks like that we typically offer our clients. And I'll kind of go in order from like least or most important to least important in kind of the order of how the how the page actually looks. So obviously when someone clicks that unsubscribe button at the bottom of your email that will be placed in the footer or they click manage preferences because they're not necessarily committed to leaving you, but they are committed to changing how often they hear from you or what they hear from you about. So when they open up that preference page, if their first name is data that's already collected as a subscriber on your subscriber list, their first name should auto-populate in that form. Their email address should also auto-populate in that form, which you most certainly have because you've emailed them in the first place. And then if you want, and this is kind of something that we'll probably dive into way later on in future podcasts, if you want, you can also obtain their phone number. And the main benefit of this would be if you were to ever implement an, an SMS marketing strategy. But again, that's a totally different story for a totally different day. <laughs> so that's kind of the first bit of information at the very top is just so that the, the subscriber is confirming, yes, this is my relevant contact information. Yes, I'm changing the preferences for myself. Then underneath that, what we usually do is we give an option for them to actually enter more information about themselves if they're looking to either hear more from you or hear about specific things from you. So we give them the option to enter their birthday in order to receive a special gift or a special discount on their actual birthday. Now, again, this is totally optional. We have some clients internally who remove this option because it's not relevant to them. They don't offer any perks on birthdays, but for others, it's important. And again, it just helps to gather more data about their actual subscribers. We don't include the year in there. That's a little rude. <laughs> we don't ask for age of people. You can if you want to, if that's something that's relevant to your product and to your brand. But we usually ask for birthday month and birthday day. You can alternate between the two. If you just send an email at the start of the month um, for all people who have a birthday in October or whatever it is, then you can just ask for the birthday month. If you want a specific month and day because you're sending a particular email, etc., you can do that too. So there's that information in there. Now we get to kind of the nitty gritty where like they're actually choosing their preferences. So there are three different sections. There's interests, there is favorite collections, favorite products, favorite categories. You can name this part whatever you want to, again, based on what is relevant to your brand. And then the next section is email frequency. For interests, you're basically just trying to find out what realm of email marketing the person is interested in knowing about your brand. So what we typically put in there is new product releases, promotions and sales events, or all emails from X brand. And these are these tend to be the most generalized, the most common across the board, the most relevant for most brands. However, if this needs to change, obviously you should change it. So for example, you could do something like new product releases, promotions and sales, and rather than events, you can do new content something like that or like new knowledge about the brand or like a topic related content or something like that. So play around with what options you give your subscribers, but um, it's always good to give them options. With regards to favorite collections, so an example that we just kind of use internally is like, okay, if you're a sports brand or whatever it is and you sell sports balls, all different kinds of balls, tennis balls, basketballs, etc. What you would do for favorite collections is you would put in there, okay, 
Do you want to know about baseball? Are you interested in soccer? Are you interested in American football? Are you interested in volleyball? Are you interested in tennis? That kind of thing, because as and when you launch new products, if you have someone that's strictly interested in baseball, you're not going to send them information about a new tennis racket that you're launching because they don't care about tennis. They just want to know about baseball, that kind of thing. And again, these aren't the set preferences that you have to include in there. If you sell nail polish, it's very unlikely that you're going to put anything in your preference page about baseball. So just make sure it's relevant, but change up that category, change up that section and make sure that it applies to your brand. And the very last one, and again, this is one that you can kind of change up as you see fit. We do this pretty often across the board. It's the email frequency section. So the four options that we provide subscribers, they can either continue to receive all emails from you, whether you send one Monday through Friday, or you only send one on the first Tuesday of every month. The next email frequency preference or selection is once per week. The next is once per month. And then the final is snooze all emails for 30 days. So just a little bit on the strategy behind that. So if you send more than one campaign per week, you will now be ensuring once someone selects once per week that they are only hearing from you once per week, obviously. Same applies to once per month. And the snooze all emails for 30 days, we've actually found to be pretty successful for a lot of customers because it gives them an out to take a quick Mm -hmm. break, (laughs) like in a relationship when they say, I just need some space. I need a break. (laughs) You know, you're giving them (laughs) that one month break, but then in 30 days time, their profile will essentially reactivate when it comes to the campaigns, you would remove them from that segment and, or they would get removed from that segment and then they would go back into your standard campaigns. So that's the email frequency. Obviously, if you have different things that apply to your brand with regards to email frequency, change it up. But we're just giving you an example of what we use in-house as best practice. And the very last thing at the very bottom, which is the, we keep it at the very bottom on purpose because we don't want people to click this. Mm -hmm. There's a little checkbox and next to it, it says unsubscribe me from all emails. We want to avoid this at all costs, obviously, because we don't want to lose subscribers. So if they go through all the preferences and they decide, you know what, this just really is not for me then they can click unsubscribe me from all emails. And then there's a CTA button at the bottom that says update preference. So that is just an example of how you can give your subscribers options. You can get super granular with it. You can get very detailed. You can change things up as you see fit. Again, it's just based on what works for your brand, what makes the most sense and what's going to be the most relevant for your subscribers. So just keep that in mind as you create your preference page and then start to create the preferences available on that page. So again, number one, best practice when it comes to the preference page, give your people options. Right. That's that's a big one. And I know, guys, it might sound a bit like technical and we don't want to overwhelm with any of the technical stuff. Uh, but if you ever need the help with um, your preference page, we actually have the service um, on our website. We'll basically create the preference pa- page for you. So it's flowium.com slash preference. You can go there and read more about 
like what we can do for you and your business, but you can definitely do it yourself. This is one of the things that you can do it yourself, but be careful if you're not sure on how to set up those fields properly, better be helpful and do something simple and easy, just like Alisa explained. But uh, yeah, if you ever need our help, we're here for you. So that was a big one, giving um, your customers options, giving your people some options. That was a big one. Another one is a branding. And something that I've noticed is that a lot of customers, um, they don't brand their unsubscribe page. A lot of companies simply use unbranded unsubscribe links and pages that are automatically generated from the email service providers. And don't get me wrong, those pages, they still do the job. They still get the job done. But when you're not branding, you're actually missing a big opportunity here. If you're just using the unsubscribe page from your service providers, I mean, you're missing a big opportunity here because good unsubscribe page design is critical for building an effective email preference center. This is like your last sort of chance to convince your customers to go back and to like to to change their mind, right? So that's why you want to be very, very, precise with your branding, with uh, your language. Another big thing that you have to keep in mind is that your email preference center should be responsive to mobile devices. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we emphasize all the time. Because I remember some of our clients, they had these pages. I don't even know if they created them themselves or if if it was like a standard one. But when you're viewing it on a desktop, it's perfect. It's it's pretty. The the layout is great. But when you're opening it on your mobile, it's huge. It's like you have to scroll like, I don't know, for minutes (laughs) to go to to the bottom of the page and that can be a bit frustrating to your customers so make sure that your email preference pages are responsive that they are mobile responsive and you can even start from designing it for the smallest screen first and work out to larger screen sizes that's i think that's how our designers um, create the pages and everything they start from mobile first and then make it for bigger screens another way to brand is through a well-written copy believe it or not copy can have a huge impact on your unsubscribe rates. And when your audience feels connected to to you, connected to people behind the brand initially, it makes it harder for them to cut ties. And good preference copy should have some personality. It should reflect your brand's personality. And there are some actually ways where you can be fun and, and, and be cheeky with it. My favorite one is the unsubscribe page by the brand uh, Bark and Co. It's like a pet pet supplies or a pet something. So they have this like cute cute puppy that says you can never have too much puppy love, <laughs> and it makes it so hard to unsubscribe. <laughs> and the copy is like super witty, and uh, they say something like, "Hey, before you send us to the doghouse," said Smile. Is there any way we can just limit the kinds of emails we send you? And I mean, this copy when you look at this uh, unsubscribe page you're sort of connecting with brand better you Mm -hmm. you're seeing that these are not just the people who are trying to sell you something that are actually you can see the faces behind the brand and that's that's beautiful same with chubbies i mean we love this brand we talk about chubbies a lot but they have this uh, super cute and super simple unsubscribe page by the way they have just a few options there but the one that makes me laugh is this one 
on. Tell us how often you want to hear from us. And the first option, to me, you are perfect. I'm just feeling a little smoother and would prefer only to hear from Chabis once a week. <laughs> so this like, to me, you are perfect. This like, this makes me smile every time. And also they have this like random, random facts like, hey, quick fact, did you know that it takes an average of 400 men and women hours to produce each and every Chabis email? Please consider our labor of love before unsubscribing. I funny. mean, that's just, this just makes you connect with brand, right? And you're just, it makes you, it makes you remember why you subscribed to, yeah. um, to that brand at the first, at the first place. So branding is a big one. Don't ignore it. Don't simply use an unbranded unsubscribe link and, and be done with it. This is your opportunity to change your customer's mind. So yeah. Use no, it. Sure. Use it wisely. For sure. I think this makes me the Chubby's one makes me laugh the most because we know um well, we interviewed one of their copywriters. <laughs> so <laughs> cracks me up. Very <laughs> funny. Very, very funny. Um okay, awesome. So now we're on to number three for a best practice when it comes to the preference page. So number three is offer a resubscribe option and or try to win them back. Again, before uh, before we started recording this, I was like, huh, what? I'm trying to understand like how this would actually work. And Vera pointed out, we've actually experienced a lot of brands who actually do this pretty well. And it can be really subtle. It can be more in like a funny slash witty way, like Chubby's would probably do it. But in regards to how to offer a resubscribe option. So I've seen this primarily with people who don't necessarily have a full-blown preference page, but they use this almost a kind of as a as a substitute for it. So what will happen is you'll click unsubscribe at the bottom of an email. It'll take you to an unsubscribe page and it'll sometimes ask you to plug in your email. Are you sure you want to unsubscribe? Yes. And you hit submit. And then you'll get this either pop-up or a, a submission completed screen. And it'll say, hey, did you do this by accident? Or uh, did you really mean to unsubscribe? Something along those lines where you can now plug in your email again and then resubscribe yourself. And this is always interesting because I've always looked at this and I'm like, is this actually, who does this on accident? <laughs> <laughs> is this possible, you know? But I've actually done it recently on accident. And I don't know if it's because I have major pregnancy brain at the moment or what's going on. But <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't want to unsubscribe. I want to keep receiving emails from this brand. And not that you can't just resubscribe on their on their website, but you have to go through the whole process, right? And so the brand that I tried to unsubscribe from actually provided that little pop-up like, hey, did you do this on accident? And I was like, yes, how did you know? <laughs> you know, so... It's interesting because for something that can seem kind of annoying to a person who is intentionally unsubscribing, if that's the case, they're just gonna X out of the screen and it's mm -hmm. not really gonna affect them. But for someone who is unintentionally unsubscribing, like I did a few weeks ago from a brand that I really enjoy receiving emails from, it was almost a godsend for me. I was like, holy moly, how did you know? And it almost helped reaffirm my connection to the brand and make me connect to the brand even more. So now when I receive those emails, I remember that instance and I'm like, wow, they know me, you know? <laughs> even though they don't, it felt like they knew me and they knew preemptively what I was gonna do. So um, that's really, helpful and definitely something to consider when you're creating your kind of unsubscribe options. I would say definitely don't veer away from creating a preference page 
But if you do have a resubscribe option in case someone is doing something accidentally or being pranked or whatever it is, you have that resubscribe option there available to you or to your subscribers in case they change their mind. The other thing with trying to win them back, you can also offer the subscriber other ways to keep in touch. Hey, you know, maybe email isn't quite for you or our emails aren't quite for you, but make sure that you check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever it is that you have your kind of social channels. A couple of different options that you can do that. We usually include kind of like a social media bar in most of our emails in the bottom half of the emails that will take a person to the brand's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can also include that information on the preference page. It's not something that we tend to do very, very often. However, it is something that you can do if you're creating your own preference page. The other thing that you can do is once they submit their preferences, and they've decided to unsubscribe rather than saying like, we're so sad to see you go, you know, which kind of can kind of end up cheesy after a while. You can include something in there and kind of keep your head held high (laughs) and lose the person via email with a little pride and just say, hey, you know, we understand email's not for you. Make sure you check out our Instagram. We have a lot going on. Again, something along those lines, you can even link them directly to your Instagram or whatever it is your preferred social media channel is. Again, so you're not completely losing the person because ultimately the thing to remember is when someone subscribes from your email list, you want to make sure that you are still proactively finding ways to connect with that person so you're just losing them from your email list and Mm -hmm. you're not losing them from your brand because we have tons of instances that we find in Klaviyo where you have an email address that exists in Klaviyo and the person has never ever 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 once interacted with any email and they actually end up in either our sunset flow (laughs) Mm -hmm. or a spam trap segment but it's interesting because when you go onto that person's profile history or their purchase history they're actually extremely loyal customer. They just don't check their email or they just hate receiving emails. So even though we are email marketers and our biggest focus is email marketing, as a whole for e-commerce owners, you have to remember that not everyone connects with email marketing, which is why you're going to have tons of marketing avenues, but you also don't want to completely eliminate someone. You know, don't give them the cold shoulder just because they don't want to receive an email from you. Um, They're still likely to be a loyal customer and still want something to do with your brand. They just don't want to talk to you in that medium. So um, just remember that as people unsubscribe, you know, we we tend to get a little butt hurt (laughs) when we see unsubscribe rates go up on emails. But it's important to remember, like in the same way that some people are texters and some people like phone calls, some people hate emails, but other people love them. And some people just prefer to have a backseat approach to your brand where they'll buy from you every week. They just don't really need you to email them every week as well. So just to reiterate, number three, make sure that you offer a resubscribe option or try to win them back slash try to make sure that they stay in the fold when it comes to your brand. That's a good one. It's a good one. And I feel like sometimes people don't realize um, like marketers and e-commerce brand owners that even when person unsubscribes from your list, they will still receive all of the transactional emails from Shopify. Right. So it doesn't it doesn't mean that they have unsubscribed and they will not receive the confirmation of the purchase and stuff like that. We're talking only about the promotional like marketing materials. Right. Right. So, yeah, maybe just 
just like you, like you, Lisa said, maybe email marketing is not their cup of tea, right? Instagram, Facebook, you have so many options. Your goal as a marketer is to like capture them, yep. not not to lose them. Yeah. So that's that was actually a good one. That was a good one. Thank you, Lisa. So number four, the last one, and I feel like we sort of covered it already. This entire episode about is about the relationship between the customer and the marketer. But number four is part on good terms. Do not make it overcomplicated. We sort of covered it already, but I will always be emphasizing this one because that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. So we've all gone through some sort of like breakup in our lives, right? <laughs> Whether it's like a romantic relationship, job breakup with your old job or gym breakup or whatever. And it's not always the easiest thing to say goodbye. And don't get me started on those cable companies <laughs> that you're trying to dump. They will not leave you alone, like at all. And Ever. that's such a, such a hard process to get rid of those guys. I mean, yeah, it's don't, don't be like, don't be like cable companies. That's what I'm trying to say when it comes to email marketing you can definitely part on good terms you can part like gracious like gracefully i'd say so you can do it on good terms so here are some things that you don't have to do so like don't do this things when you're trying to part uh, with your customers so first things first don't make people log in to unsubscribe believe it or not there are some brands that they are asking you to like log in to the system to change the email preferences and stuff like that it's a politeness thing don't force your subscribers to work in order to leave your list yeah make sure it's easy for them and just like you lisa mentioned you already have their information you already have their name you have their email so just pre-populate their email given that you know their email address you should be able to do it easily that's what we do for our clients anyways just like pull it in all of their other profile info in order to like expedite this entire unsubscribe process Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that the process is as easy for your customer as possible another thing that makes me laugh every time it happens to me is that make sure that you don't send an unsubscribe confirmation email (laughs) after they have unsubscribed has it ever happened to you lisa oh my (laughs) gosh it drives me freaking nuts like yeah i mean if someone tells you that they don't want you to email them anymore don't respond to them with another email (laughs) it's just like disrespectful so don't do this make sure that you handle their request on the back end and don't run into the risk of annoying people who unsubscribe so that's another mistake that we've seen people are doing the last one probably is um, don't require them to go through a complex survey if they don't want to hear from you what are the chances that they will want to go through a complex extensive survey on why they have unsubscribed from your list like don't do this it's it's not polite it's you will not benefit from angry survey anyways i mean you can do something as simple as hey what's the reason why you unsubscribe like here's option one two three four and don't make it like a required feel just make it optional be friendly be gracious about saying goodbye i mean do this breakup thing as 
make sure it's as clean as possible but also be sure to show some personality and style <laughs> when you part ways so this helps people to remember you and um actually one of the videos one of the um, uh, videos that i really really loved is the hubspot one i don't know if they still have it but back in the days like a few years ago after you have unsubscribed from their list you will be prompted to the screen when their ceo or a marketer or whatever will do this he, he basically is doing this like speech almost like a breakup speech like <laughs> okay i get it you don't want to hear from me anymore that's fine i wanted to make sure you had the best marketing information available and he's doing it all with this like really big sad eyes and it almost makes you to reconsider and resubscribe to that list so even if person does not change their mind it doesn't hurt to add a little bit of personality a little bit of fun and um, it does a great job like of reminding the customer why they loved like the brand in the first place mm -hmm. and maybe even make them to like you even more or maybe even like to return in the future so definitely part on good terms do not make it over complicated to your customers i think yeah. that's that's it yeah. that's it yeah. here you have the four biggest good practices for unsubscribe pages yeah i love that last one because it's so true like these unsubscribe pages where you click and they're like first answer this question now give me your date of birth now give me your first name and now your last name and now your email and now your blood type and now your social security <laughs> blood number type. and i'm like are you kidding me like i just don't want to hear from you anymore stop communicating with me and it just never yeah. ends so yeah don't be that guy <laughs> do not and don't be the guy who guy. has like a different unsubscribe pages for different lists yeah. that's Oh yeah, that's happened to me as well. So you have unsubscribed from this list. Do you want to unsubscribe from this list as well? Well, I had no idea that you guys have like yeah. a gazillion lists and like oh. that's your own internal information. Why do you want me to care about it? Like I, did not, I did not know you put me on 17 different lists. Yeah. Unsubscribe from all. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> stressful. Very stressful as an email receiver for sure. Guys, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, make sure you don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends if you're finding it helpful. As Vera mentioned earlier in today's podcast, if you require or think you could use some help on creating a preference page, now that we've kind of gone over the importance of it because it is really crucial to any email marketing strategy, make sure that you visit, visit us at flowium.com slash preference. There you'll be able to get a ton, ton of information on the service that we provide around creating preference pages. You'll be able to get some more information on preference pages as well. So please don't forget to check it out if this is something that will be very useful to you. Yeah, and um, come back next time. We always have something interesting prepared for you. So next time we will actually be talking about triggered emails in e-commerce and how to drive sales on autopilot. Mm. So self-driving cars might not be here yet, but automated <laughs> email marketing is definitely here. So in the next episode, we will be talking about the ways of setting up automated emails so they work while you don't. Definitely come back. That's a big one. We yeah. love automations. We love, love, love them. Um, so we'll be happy to share what we know about them to make sure that you can benefit from that episode. So thanks so much. Thank you guys so much. And we will catch you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Email Einstein. Can you feel that? Your marketing brain just got a little bit bigger. We ask that you please use it wisely. You've got all the theory you need to get out there and start boosting your sales because great emails equals revenue squared.
Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to claim your free ebook and learn how to drive conversions with UGC in 2024. From fresh ways to use UGC on your website to revenue pooling email strategy. Discover actionable insights to master your UGC game in 2024. Stop missing out. Go to flowroom.com slash UGC and download this ebook for free.